This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Thank you to our foundational scripture in John chapter 8. And and we're going to put ourselves in remembrance of some things because we're going to make a turn on next Sunday with uh another teaching but I want you to grab this and those of you that may be streaming whether you're streaming live or you're streaming afterwards if you if you caught this one we have three other teachings besides this one that all go together it's connecting knowledge so it's very important that you get you hear all of those in order to connect the knowledge or you will have gaps in your knowledge and then you can try to put into to action something and you don't have all all of the pieces to make the puzzle fit. So we we I encourage you to go back and I encourage our people to go back. That's one thing about streaming. You can always go back and you can stop it and you can pause it and you can look at it and you can go through and do some studying for yourself as well. And so we have been teaching on this on, on truth. In this day and time it's so important that we know truth. And I'm not talking about truth about things of the world. Like I said earlier, I don't, I don't wanna, I'm not talking about no truths about whether you wear a mask or not mask, all that childish stuff. We, we, that, that has nothing to do with God's holy word. God's holy word is about redemption. It's about walking holy. It's about preparing yourself to meet a holy God. It, that's what it's all about. And that's where I'm coming from. I'm flowing out of that, that you are know the truth where you can stand on the word of God in every area of your life. Did you hear me? In every area of your life, you can stand on this truth. And if you meditate on it, I'm telling you, God will show you the way that you need to go. But And remember, as I go through the review, as I said last week, the reviews are very integral to the for you to understand the next lesson. I know we get time, we be like, okay, well, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you need to meditate on the review because that gets you prepared to connect the knowledge. It's the glue that connects the knowledge. It's one thing to put the puzzle together, but it starts falling apart. But when you connect the knowledge, you're going to make it stick. Where now I can see the whole picture. I see how this, what this means and that means and how it's all put together. Amen? So we need to understand my, my and my prayer is this I want you you all to be able to look at all of the objectives that I've given you the the last from the last three and I'm going to go through them and I want you to look at all of them and I want you to be blessed by that and I want you to connect each teaching and I gave you homework assignments on those things that you could look at but now I want you to connect each teaching so that you can have a proper Christian walk or believers walk. You need to, you're gonna have a walk, so you wanna have a powerful and the right Christian walk. Amen. I'm trying to get you to establish, I'm gonna, going to establish in you the uh, pattern 
for your walk. This is establishing a pattern for your walk. I told you in time past in this teaching, and I'll tell you now. You don't. It may not seem like it's important to you now, but I'm telling you it's going to be import, important for the future for you. That you know these things. That you put them in your heart and you keep them there. So without further ado, we're going to go over our intent, our purpose, our goals on this, this and then we're going to go on into our new information. I told you before that it, uh, the intent of this teaching out of 1 John, well let's read 1 John 8 verse 31 and 32. It says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Everybody, let's sing, say 32 together. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. One more time. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, Jesus, we, we, in this whole teaching is showing you why God, Jesus made that statement. That you should know the truth, you will know it, and it will make you free. And so, that's why we want to make sure that we know how to hear and know the truth. I want us to comprehend, understand, receive the truth. That's what we're teaching. And I want you to also have a spiritual perception of the truth in the trinity of your person. And I, some of you might not understand what I'm saying about the trinity of your person. That means your mind, body, and soul. I want all of that to be connected to the truth. And it should never depart from it. I also want to create in us as a ministry and as a people that believe God an unshakable confidence in that truth. Nothing's going to shake it away. See, there's different people's jobs and people's things and stuff and, and pandemics and all that. It can shake your truth. But if you are solid and on a solid ground, I need you to be an unshakable confidence. And then I said that I wanted us to know that God, through Jesus Christ, has given us complete access to the truth. God, through Jesus Christ, we must say through Jesus Christ, because there's many false gods in the world. There are many things that call God. So you have to say through Jesus Christ that have given you access to the truth. I also said that I want us to know that the Spirit of Truth, who is the Holy Spirit, will lead and guide us into all truth. So we got someone on the inside of us leading us and guiding us into truth. Now, this is the thing that people, where, where people miss it. It says that the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into all truth. It might not be what you like, but it's the truth. See, everybody thinks he's going to lead and guide me into what I favor or what I think is right. No, he's going to lead and guide you into truth. Sometimes he leads you right into truth and you're offended and you won't receive it. And then you move away from the truth. No, he's just going to lead you and guide you into truth. Now, you can't pick that truth. He already knows the truth. Are you with me? And so that's what he's going to do, and I'm thankful for that. Then we should know that our, what our, that our covenant rights and benefit is rested upon the truth. Our covenant rights and benefits is rested upon the truth. Now, if you're not receiving the, your rights and benefits, maybe you don't have it resting on the truth. 
Amen. And then I told you you, would, you are to never let the truth leave the trinity of your person. Never. It's got to be there at all times. Now, listen. What Jesus said, you will, the, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So I need to know the truth. If the truth is going to make me free, I need to know that truth. I need to receive that truth. Amen. My purpose is that I want us to know the truth, accept the truth, and be the truth of what you have been taught. I'll say it again. I want us to know the truth, accept the truth, and be the truth in what we have been taught. My goal is for us to be made whole through the truth. So that the truth can make us free. But that's one of the ways that God makes you whole is through truth. Are you with me? I want us as a people, as a ministry, and those that are even not in the ministry, but you're in the body of Christ. I want us to be able to communicate, make decisions, and solve problems from the truth that we have been taught. We have solved the problem from the way of the world so often that that's what we run to. What is the world saying? What is this thing? But you're going to have to, you're going to make decisions, solve problems through the truth. Amen? Now, we started on um, out by learning about the Old Testament, the, the relationship between the Old Testament and the New Testament. You all all know that. And so that was, our, that was around our first teaching. And we found out that in the Old Testament there are three major components. And they are the patriarchs, the law, and the prophets. Those things, those are the, the three major components in the Old Testament that makes up the Old Testament. And we'll go on and we'll talk about that a little further because you have to, re now, this is what I want you to understand because a lot of things that we talked about in that, if you don't remember anything else in that, what we talked about the Old Testament, I want you to, to, to remember this about the Old Testament. The Old Testament revealed sin. I gave you that. Because, because sin was not imputed where there was no law. So when men uh, sinned against God, they didn't know it because there was no law against it. There was no law. Now listen, the Old Testament, remember this, was a forerunner. Always remember that. It was a forerunner for the New Testament. If you don't remember anything else, we remember this, that the Old Testament is an example for the New Testament. Example. Well, isn't it the truth? It was an example. It was types and shadows. It was an example of the truth. And then, never forget that the Old Testament was our schoolmaster. Was our, was, was our schoolmaster. Get that. Because those of us that are, listen, those of us that are born under this dispensation, we are, listen, we're no longer under the schoolmaster. We've graduated from school, in other words. But listen, but we graduated from a school where we didn't have to go to class. Jesus went to class for us. In, in other words, he went to class for us, and then he put us in a graduated state. Understood. He put us in a graduated state. He took on all the classes. Some of y'all wish he'd take on some of your classes now, don't you? But he, this was a schoolmaster for the Old Testament. So we don't have to, that's not for us now because Jesus 
took care of that. Then we moved over into the New Testament, if you remember. And we, it also has three major components. And they are, the, number one, the first, the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, and the acts of the apostles. They are, it's made up of those things. And it's, if you go back and just begin to read those things, you will see all of those in there. So, in this we see the example of truth. We see the example of truth. And then the manifestation. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, we see the example of truth. And then we see the manifestation of the truth. Or the actual truth. And that's the way they relate to each other. That's, that's, that's the forerunner showing that, okay, this is the examples of every, the truth that comes, teaching us how to live when it comes. And then the New Testament comes and it actually happens. The manifestation is voice and actually happening. Jesus appears. Amen. Then we said that we have to, we went on to our third lesson. We, we said we had to be committed. Well, I think our second lesson, our second lesson, we had to be committed to the truth. We must understand our commitment to the truth. We must be committed to the truth in our character, in our conduct, and in our commitment to the faith. Now, most people that say they love God, this is where they fail. In their character, in their conduct, and in their commitment to truth. That's what you're, that, see, you're not, you're not committed to a man. God has told us before, you're never committed to a man, or a woman, or a church. You're committed to God. So whatever you back off on, whatever you cease to do, whatever, it has nothing to do with the persons, the church, or anything. It has to do with your commitment to truth. Know that. It has to do with your commitment to truth. Now, maybe the world or maybe you think it has something to do with something else. But God doesn't see it that way. He's talking about the commitment to truth. So again, when we say commitment to truth, we must understand our commitment to the truth. We must be committed to the truth, again, in our character, in our conduct, and in our commitment to the faith. And then I gave you four definitions of commitment. To be committed, I said, means to be sold out to the faith of God through Jesus Christ. Because why? Jesus is our faith. Follow me. Remember, the review is important. Then we said commitment means I need no further proof of who God is. I'm past that point. I am past that point with anybody trying to make Jesus anything other than what he is. I need no further proof of who God is. I, I, um, commitment also means that I need no further proof of who I am, what I believe, and more and most importantly, why I believe it. And that's what this teaching is for, for you to understand why you believe what you believe. Are you with me? So I need no further proof. This is, this is very important to you understanding all of this from a doctrinal position. Understanding these things. Amen? So then we have full confidence in what we believe. Then the fourth definition of commitment is to relinquish our right to choose another option. Ooh, God's people need to get that. You have to relinquish your right. And it's amazing how God's people can have their own rights. But listen, they only have their own rights when it comes to the church. But now on their job, they charge their job, give them a right, and you're going to do exactly that. 
The church gives you a right, but now I gotta choose. Well, I don't know if I really believe that, and I think this, and I think that. Yeah, you gotta relinquish your right on that. You you choosing, you know, you you choosing to 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 think on it the way you want to think on it. No, 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 you can't do. It. Relinquish that right and say, you know what, God, I'm just gonna follow your lead. I don't care how I think it should be, what I think it should be, any of that. I'm relinquishing my right to choose another option, to go another way. Amen? And then the one we looked at last week is, is when we have uh, understanding how, when we've really heard truth. How do I know that is truth? To have a full understanding, I need to know the relationship of the gospel. See, that's why we're dealing with the gospel. You need to understand the relationship of the gospel if you're going to understand to know when you hear truth. Because it is a lot of stuff out there. And it's a lot of wrong teaching out there. Not according to me, not according to this ministry, according to the word. According to the word. See, if you, if it's not lining, lining up with the word, then I don't care how popular it is. I don't care how many people is in it. I don't care how many followers they have. I don't care how much money they have. It's not the truth. Amen. We need to know the purpose of the gospel because the gospel teaches us what? The life of Jesus Christ. When I know the life of Jesus Christ, then I'll always be able to detect truth. Because why? Because the gospel should be wrapped around the life of Jesus Christ. So I should see that. That's why when we go into the letters of Paul, everything should be lined up with the life of Jesus Christ. Amen? And, and, and remember, one of the components is the Acts of the Apostle. That's what our church, one of our foundation is that we follow the doctrines of the Apostles. And we're going to stay there. I don't care who goes, who does whatever else they want to. I don't want to know what any other church is doing. I'm talking about us, Church of the Living Water. We are coming out. We are like the church at Philippi. We're going to follow the doctrines of the apostles. Amen. And then we found out that the three gospels are what we call synoptic gospels. And when I say that, that's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And they're basically teaching the same thing, but a different emphasis. Each one of them, but they're teaching the same thing. If you go back, you'll be like, oh, this really teaching the same thing, but different emphasis. And then we also said that John is a gospel because he's also teaching uh, a Jesus Christ in, in the gospels. He, 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 all, all of them was teaching and blowing it out so you could see, so you can follow that line. And then we saw that Matthew had a purpose. He wanted to convince those Jews who had converted into Christianity that Jesus was the one that talking about that they that they had read about, that they knew that was coming, that they had that had been prophesied about. So he was convincing them this is him. This is him. So he made him a king because they were looking for a king. Remember when, when, when they was walking, they was asking Jesus, when are you going to set up your kingdom? Because they were looking for a king. They didn't quite understand. He, was, he convinced them and he used his power in teaching and ministering the gospel and showed them Jesus as a king. Are you with me? Very, very important that you understand these things. I know you don't see why that's so important now, but you will one day. You'll be like, now I see why that was so important. 
Amen. And then you you should also know because you should always have an answer for every man. So some things, some people ask you, because I'm going to tell you, some sinners can ask you some things and trip you up if you don't have a firm foundation. And then you start talking that garbage, that religious stuff, and that, that phony stuff, and you won't have nothing to back it up with. Amen? And then we saw Mark had a different emphasis, even though he was teaching on the life of Jesus. Mark wanted us to know that Jesus came in the, to the earth to serve, not to be served. He came to serve, not to be served. And so Mark began to minister the life of Jesus in the same aspect that, that Matthew was, but his emphasis, he put the emphasis on Jesus being a servant, all for a reason. And then here we have the Dr. Luke, the medical doctor, Luke. He wanted us to know that Jesus was 100% human and 100% divine. 100% human. It's amazing how Luke went that way, but I can understand it because he was a doctor. He was like, I can, but I want you to know I have gone further. So now he is 100% uh, human and he's 100% divine, making him the son of man. Everybody say the son of man. Son of man. But then here comes John. John's awesome. And, and I'm, I'm like, God, you knew how to seal the deal. I mean, God just, I, every way, you know, even the way the scriptures are laid out, God did it in such a way. He sealed the deal where we don't have to be confused. Because then here comes John. He's talking about the life of Jesus. And he just point blank come out. We ain't going to go through none of that. None of, we ain't going through the king, the servant, the 100% nothing. I just want you to know that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Period. Period. I'm letting you know that the Son of God was living inside of man. He said dwelled on the inside of him. He just plainly just everything. So when you connect all of that, you're like, oh, it's just so it's so right. It's so right. And I love to just say, God just seal. We just need to start saying that around church. God sealed the deal. Right there, like I know y'all went through all of that, but then John comes right along and say, but we'll understand, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, period. Oh, he also went on to say that Jesus was the truth that made him the Son of God. So all of these emphasis we need to understand as a truth. It was for a reason. God wasn't missing anyone. He sealed the deal. He went from the Jews all the way to the Gentiles, just sealing the deal. Amen? Now, Jesus Christ is the truth. Understand that. Jesus Christ is the truth. There's no place else where there is truth but in Jesus. Point. Take it. The truth is in Jesus. There's no other place where truth is but in Jesus. The truth was not even in the Old Testament. The truth is in Jesus. So when you so if you if what you hear does not conform to the earthly ministry and teachers of Jesus, then it's not truth because it's in Jesus. That's where the truth lies. So everything must go and filter through Jesus. 
I like what John 1 and 17 said. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus. Simplicity. I'll say it again. John 1, 17. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Everything before Jesus Christ was, te was teaching us how to live when Jesus came. And it also showed us that we, how we would have to live in that truth. We have to live in that truth. The law was the letter of what God was saying. And the New Testament is the Spirit. There's the difference. The law was what God, listen, the law was what God said, and, which was in the Old Testament, and the New Testament is what He intended by what He said. Did you hear me? The law was what He said, the New Testament was what he intended by what he said. Now, that takes us soundly to where we're going this morning. Now, think about what you've been listening to. See, this should be establishing your Christian walk. It should be establishing, rooting you, making you feel stronger, making you feel confident that you can talk to anybody on this level. This morning we're going to look at how to handle truth. How do I handle truth? See, I told you before we were going to get to that. How do I handle truth? Listen, pray attention. Pray attention. You know the truth, and be, you have to be committed to the truth. And, you, and you, let me tell you, well, let me put it to this way. You can know the truth. You can be committed to the truth. I mean totally committed and sold out to, to the truth. But you can fail still in your walk as a believer. Listen, if you mishandle the truth. Did you hear me? You can know the truth, be fully committed to it, but can fail in your Christian walk if you just simply mishandle the truth. And listen, there's a lot of people that know the truth. And committed to the truth. But they handle the truth in such a way. Listen. They handle the truth in such a way. Uh, uh, in such a miserable way. That no one wants to be around them. Have you ever met Christians like that? That people just don't. I mean. They really know the truth. But people just don't want to be around them. That's called mishandling the truth. Are you following me? So we have to be able to handle the truth in a way so that it ministers grace to the hearer or the person that's listening to it, that they can be changed by the fact that you know the truth. They can be changed because you're ministering to them in such a way that they really believe they can be changed because they see the truth in you. They can see that you are committed to the truth and they can see that truth in you and they like, oh my goodness. I want that. So the first point of this morning, go over to Ephesians 4, and as you go there, write number 1. We're going to look at how to handle the truth 
In three different ways. Let me tell you that now. In three different ways. This is how we're going to look at it this morning. We're going to do how to handle the truth spiritually, how to handle the truth naturally, and hold your wallet, how to handle the truth financially. So let's begin on how to handle the truth spiritually first. Let me give you the answer and then we'll chase it. The key to handling the truth spiritually is by the correct interpretation of the Word of God. Write it down. The key to handling the truth spiritually is by correct interpretation of the Word of God. Because the Bible has to be rightly divided. You cannot just read a verse of Scripture in the Bible and say, this is what God said. Now I'm going to tell you why you can't do that. Listen, the Scriptures verify itself. This, this is why you can't just read one Scripture and say, this is what God said. Because no verse of Scripture can stand alone. None. No one verse of Scripture can stand alone. It has to be verified somewhere else in the Scriptures so you won't misinterpret it. So it won't mean one thing in one place and another thing in another place. One place explains what it meant and another place will verify itself. I'm talking about Scripture. So what happened is, and we've seen it in churches all over this country, Today that the Bible, we, we have in many churches what the Bible calls private interpretation of the Word of God. In other words, a person interpreting the Word of God based upon their, maybe their political agenda. Maybe their personal agenda. Maybe they're trying to raise money. Maybe they're trying to get their church to be bigger. So they'll take a verse of Scripture and try to build their personal agenda on it. That's a private interpretation. But the Bible says in Second Peter 1 and 20, knowing this first, knowing this first, that there's no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. None. In other words, I can't just stand up here, me, I can't just stand up here and preach and teach a gospel in a way that will get you to come to church, you know, continue to come to church. Never going to do that. I'll encourage you to come to church, but I'm not going to use the scripture to, to get you to come. Are you, are you following me? I have to tell the truth whether or not you come or not. I got to tell the truth whether you come or not. I don't care. I don't care what kind of giver you are. If you are a big giver, if you're a small giver, whatever. I still, I still cannot compromise the scripture. We never have and we never will compromise the scriptures for any of those things. So the truth has to be verified by the truth. <laughs> I don't want it verified by what somebody else think it says. It has to be verified by the scriptures. Are you with me? Always verified by the scriptures. Now, anything else, you have to say, wait a minute. Mm -mm. I have to see that that's not 
I'm not rightly dividing because I'm trying to look for an answer. Because the Bible says in John 16 and 13, you can just write these scriptures down. You don't have to go to all of them because I have some for you to go to. It says in John 16 and 13, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. So you have to listen and he'll show it unto you, he said. He's going to show it unto you. He's going to speak it and he's going to show it unto you. Listen, even when the truth hurts, because truth can hurt. But we cannot jeopardize that because it hurt. Truth is truth. Even when the truth hurts. The Holy Spirit is on the inside to tell you. This is what the hurt. When it hurts, instead of a lot of you parents, instead of you trying to make excuses for your children when they, when you, when somebody that's ministered to them trying to give them truth or somebody's ministering to you about your child trying to give you the, the truth and you trying to, you know, Mull it over and all that. Don't do that. Because let me tell you, if you will allow the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, He'll tell you, no, 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 that's for you. He'll stop you from that. No, no, that's for you. How many of you have experienced that before? How many of you have experienced that? But let's just be truthful. Where, you know, you don't like that truth. And, you know, and, you know, a lot of times people don't like that truth and then they start saying you're picking on them. Or you feel like, oh, no, I, they were just talking to me. No, it's the truth. The Holy Spirit on the inside will say, don't get what, no, that's you. I don't know if that's me. God, and the Holy Spirit saying, yeah, no, that's you. That's why you offended. But it's the truth. We've all been there. All of us have been there. If you haven't, you'll go there. So the, the, let the Holy Spirit show you. Now, he, the Bible said he'll lead you into all truth. So when you get crossed about it, he's going to lead you and say, that's for you. It's the truth. Even if you don't obey it, it's still the truth. I ain't doing that. Okay, but it's still the truth. And he'll say, that was the truth, even though you didn't obey it. And then, I'm telling you, that's still small voice in front of you. He'll say, not only is it the truth, you need to change. And you'd be like, this is just the way I am. I mean, and, and he'll leave a, you know, it's according to who you are. He'll tell you in your own way. He'll tell me in the way, like, you need to kick it up a notch. He'll just show you wherever he, what kind of relationship you have with him. But he, that's leading you in. He'll tell you, you're in the wrong position. He'll tell you by message. He'll tell you by uh, exhortation. And he'll just and he's telling you you're in the wrong position. I'm trying to move you over a little, and you are and you are really being stubborn. You pushing back. See, we push back on God. We push back on the Holy Spirit when He's trying to lead us into truth. And then we and then we don't understand what the scriptures mean when it says He's leading. Because He's like, well, I don't know if He's leading me or not. Yeah, but listen, He's not going to lead you the way you want to go. He's going to always lead you to truth. So He's not going to lead you. So when it's not your you're in your favor, you don't believe it's the Holy Spirit because you want it to go another way. 
We got to get away from that and say, well, Father, you lead me in the truth. He's like, nope, you're out of position. You're out of position. So don't try to force it. Many of us just continue on. Now follow me. How to handle truth. Up under your letter, that one, put letter A. Because we're talking about spiritual. We're handling the, the, the spiritual way of it. How to handle the truth spiritually, letter A. We handle the truth spiritually by becoming a living manifestation of the truth. We must become a living manifestation of the truth. Faith is the confidence that we have in the testimony of God. We have to be the living manifestation of that truth. Now, I'm going to give you a truth that God dropped in my spirit, and I said, God, I'll say it, and we shall make it ours at this church. We should think on this that I'm about to give you every time before we make a decision, before we do anything, before, before we jump out and do something that God didn't tell us to do out of our emotions and out of our feelings, and you, and you get people crossed up and stuff, you get your children crossed up and stuff, because, you know, you think you're doing something out of love, and God said, no, this is what I want you to do. I know we all want to get our children out of all of the backward stuff they've done. I don't care what, how much you try to, you know, and there's nothing wrong with helping your children. We should help them to an extent, but I don't care. You can do all of that. You're not going to get them out. Let me tell you, there's consequences for choices, and you, I don't care how much you help. They're, gonna go, they're going to go through those. You need to step back and let them go through it, and guess what? Especially if they're walking with God, God is going to be with them. God's not going to let nothing happen to them. God said they're going to learn now. But if you keep getting in the way, they ain't going to learn nothing. So, write this down. I'm going to show you the difference between belief and faith. There's a difference between belief and faith. Are you following me? Very important in your Christian walk. Belief is that which you accept as truth. Belief is that which you accept as truth. Faith is that which you become because you believe it. Faith is that which you become because you believe it. In other words, faith is what you become based on what you believe. How did you become a Christian? Based on what you believe. So if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, then you become a believer. Or a Christian. A Christ-like one. Based on what you believe. Always remember that. There's the difference. So, to be a living manifestation of the truth... We must walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. We must. You cannot be a living manifestation of truth until you walk worthy of where God has put us in the earth to be. You cannot be a manifestation of truth 
if you are not walking worthy where God has put us in the earth to be. Now, are you in Ephesians chapter 4? Now, you know what? These six verses that I'm about to read, you've been taught in this ministry before. You've been taught how to walk worthy of the vocation. And what I'm telling you in this is how to handle the truth in it. In the vocation that you call to. Are you with me? Look at what he says. Beginning at verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Verse 2. How do I do that? How do I walk worthy of the vocation? Verse 2 is how I do it. With all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering. Forbearing one another in love. Now, you know what? I gotta stop right there. Bear with one another. You know what that means? Sometimes that means you have to put up with some people you don't want to. Have you ever had people you just don't really want to put up with them? But you have to bear with, bear one another. So you have to forbear some people. Are you with me? Walking in your vacation that you're called means to for you to live a Christian life that measures up to the standard that God called you to. We all have a standard. You've got to stay in that standard no matter what. You have to stay in the standard that God has gave you. And God has given you the ability to stay in that standard. He's given you the standard to do whatever you need to do. Stay in it. God has set the standard. It's here. And see, that, that's the thing. We, 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 get, we can get out of this so quick. God has set the standard. He said, now this is it. And you know, and he's given us gifts. He's given us gifts in the fourfold ministry. Listen to me. All of us are called to the ministry of reconciliation. But then some are called to the fourfold ministry. But all of us are called to reconciliation. But only some are called to the fourfold ministry. Listen to me closely because we we, we need to understand this. Once you become a Christian... You have been given the ministry of reconciliation. If you're listening to me out there, you have been given the ministry of reconciliation, whether you like it or not. Once you come into the body of Christ, you have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Our vocation in life is to reconcile others to Christ. That's your vocation, to reconcile others to Christ. Now, we all might have different kinds of jobs, and we do. We may all have different talents, and we do. Whatever we do, whatever that is, Christ has given us all the ministry of reconciliation. And our Christian life ought, listen, our Christian life ought to make it that we can live up to this high standard. The high standard that Jesus has given us. To, and have God has given us so that we can reconcile 
people back. We've been reconciled back. That's how we become believers. God said, now it's your job to get, that's your vocation to make sure anybody you come in contact that don't know me to reconcile them back to me. Because that's how you got to Christ. God reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. I don't know if I'm in letter B or C, but under walking worthy, where with you are called, you must exercise the full measure of grace that God, through Jesus Christ, has put in your gift. I'll say it again. If you're walking under a uh, walking worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, you must exercise the full measure of grace that God, through Jesus Christ, have put in your gift. You know, God has given each and every one of us a gift. And that gift is on the inside of us. And we must exercise the full measure. Most Christians don't exercise the full measure. When I say the full measure, don't leave anything on the table. The full measure. God has measured out grace to our gift. We need to use the full measure of that good. Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it, but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above the heavens that he might fulfill all things. In other words, it's saying that God, when he raised Jesus from the dead, have you ever thought about all the saints that like are over in Hebrews, Moses, Abraham, Joshua, Ezekiel, all, all of them. Do you know why they didn't, it, their, the absent from the body, present with the Lord, that did not resonate with them and it wasn't for them? That's one of the reasons that it said that he had to descend in a place that, well, the scriptures calls Abraham's bosom, but in my study times, it was also called the region of the dam. And he had to descend there because he had to go get them. Because, see, they couldn't go, to, you, they still couldn't go, even though they believed in Jehovah, they couldn't go without Jesus. So they were there. So this is showing you where he descended into the lower parts of the earth, the regions of the dam, or Abraham's bosom. He went and led captivity captive out. See, we're talking about truth this morning. Talking about the Gospels this morning. Are you with me? Look at verse 9. And on down. Well, let's go down to verse, well, 10 down. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave 
some apostles, <laughs> see, descended, ascended, dropped them off, and, and then started giving out gifts. The same one came back down and said, let me give gifts. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors, teachers. I didn't say and because it's not in the original text. Pastors, teachers is one gift. All pastors should teach, but all teachers don't pastor. Are you with me? So, it's not a five-fold ministry, it's a four-fold ministry. Listen, so God wants us to exercise the full measure of that gift. How, do, how, how long does he want us to do it? Well, let's see, verse 12. He said, this is how long I want you to do it. <clears throat> for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. This is how long I want you to do it. Till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, and to a perfect man, unto the measure of the statures of the fullness of Christ. Then we henceforth be no more children. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. This is why I want you to know so badly, so badly, I want you to know when you've heard the truth. So important. You need to know when you've heard the truth. Because there's people this morning standing in a place like where I am now with thousands of people listening to them. Listen, I know um, thousands listening to them and they are just as off. They're standing there expounding on something that sounds like the Word of God. It sounds like the Word of God. But it's not the Word of God. I don't want us to be tossed to and fro like that. We don't get excited about a crowd or because, about something new. Because I've told you, new don't last new long. We don't get excited about that. We go in and we listen intently. There's many doctrines out there. And a lot of them are not the doctrines of God. And when you know the truth, you'll be able to discern it. And see, I'm preparing you so if you ever go somewhere, because again, you're not, I'm talking to Church of the Living Water specifically now, you're not going to always just hear me or the other ministers here. You might hear someone else, but you need to know what you're hearing. Know if it's truth or not, because I'm telling you, it's everywhere. All of this wrong teaching and wrong, it's everywhere. And you had better know when you hear truth. Are you with me? Look at verse 15. But speaking the truth in love. How do we do it? We speak the truth in love. That we may grow up into Him in all things. I love that. In all things. Where am I? I just I got excited. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up in him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted 
by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making the increase of the body unto the edifying of itself. Church, look at us. We are seeming it together. Can't you see that? We are seeming that there it is right there. We are seeming it together. It's showing you every joint, supply, everything connected right there. Seeming it. I supply your needs, you supply my needs. And the whole time we're all holding on to the truth in the midst of it. We all must and we all want to hold on to the truth. But we are supplying to one another. We really need to understand so we can understand how we must stand together. We stand together, what? In truth. Not in foolishness. We're talking about truth. Now see, if you're in a bunch of foolishness, I already done tripped you up. But you better go back and read it, listen to it again. Letter C or D on your page. You must make sure, walking worthy of your vacation, that your new life in Christ reflects the truth that you have learned. You must make sure that your new life in Christ reflects the truth that you have learned. Now listen to me. I want you to understand this. Reflecting the truth is not a bunch of mouth work. Anybody can say what they're going to do and how they want to live and what they're going to... No, no, no. Your life should reflect the truth of what you have learned. The word learn in the Greek language means that you have to modify your behavior. Now, that's what I'm looking for. I ain't looking for what you're saying with your mouth. I want to see if your behavior has been modified. Because that will tell me all I, all I need to know. I just want to know, have you, because that's what the word learn means. You have to have your behavior modified around what you've heard. In other words, my behavior has changed. I want to see a changed behavior. I see, I didn't just listen. When you really learn and receive something, it modifies and changes you and your behavior. When you really received it, it modifies, it changes you and your behavior. Look at verse 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles, or not as other sinners walk in the vanity of their minds, having their the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the Ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Verse 19. So being, who being in past feelings have given themselves over into lasciviousness to work of uncleanliness with greediness. But we have not so learned Christ. If you are still in that, in lasciviousness and in all kind of foolishness and still gossiping on the phone and still talking crazy and talking about people and laughing at people and doing all those kind of foolish things, you have not learned Christ. That's what the Word just said. Go back and read it. If you're doing all these things, you have not learned 
Christ. Now that's a, I mean that that speaks for itself. That means my I still have a modified my behavior. That's what that's what you're really saying. I still have a modified my behavior. Look at verse twenty one. Where I'm at, okay. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness. And true holiness. Wherefore, put in the way lying and speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, don't let your anger cause you to sin. You can be angry, but don't let it cause you to sin. Verse 27. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. Now, when it says steal no more, it doesn't necessarily mean money. That could be steal anything. But rather, let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind one to another." tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Now, that just preached itself. That just preached itself. It just played it out right there. you got to get rid of all of that. The Word of God can just preach itself. You can just read that and just, just, just preach yourself happy and say, God, I, yes, yes. How do we handle the truth? Let's, let, 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 let's, let's move into the natural aspect. How do we handle truth naturally? See, that's spiritually. But how do we handle it naturally? We're in these natural bodies. How do we handle truth naturally? Go with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Let's allow the, the scriptures to preach it to us again. Let me give you an answer of how to handle the truth naturally first of all. We must bring, listen, the trinity of our person out of the system of this world and put it in the kingdom of God. That's how I handle it naturally. I must bring the trinity, spirit, soul, and body out of the system of this world and put it in the kingdom of God. You must understand that there is a system for us to live even in the natural there's a system that God has placed in place that we can live natural. We don't have to live out of everything that's in the world. There's a system that God has placed for us as believers, and it's called the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. And most Christians don't utilize it. They, don't, they utilize the system of this world. 
believers. I'm not sinners just going to do what sinners do. But most believers, they utilize most of the system of this world rather than the system of the kingdom of God. And God has given us the kingdom of God for a purpose. So that we can walk worthy of our calling, worthy of our vocation, right here on earth in the natural. You can, you can do that in the natural. Are you following me? So we need to take our, our bodies, our minds, our spirit, and put it in the system of the kingdom of God. There's a way you ought to live, and God has laid it out for us. It's a way that we ought to live in the natural, and God has laid it out for us. It does, you know, you know how people say, you know, you're so earthly minded, you know, spiritual good, or you so spiritually minded. No, God has placed the kingdom of God in the natural system for us, so that we can utilize it and still operate out of our vocation and our calling and can live righteous and holy because we are utilizing the kingdom of God. Amen? So we have to take our minds, body and soul. That's the trinity of your person. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, Unto God, which is your reasonable servant. That's the least you can do. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, to every man I'm speaking to you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man, every man, he has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now listen to me closely. A better way of looking at that is understanding, first of all, the least I can do is present my body. That's the least. So, so it ain't no big deal, ain't no big thing about it. But I'm really walking over. There ain't no big thing about that. That's the least you could do. He saved you. Then you have to take your body out of the system of this world and put it in the system of the kingdom. That is the first step. Come out of the world. The Bible says, and touch not the unclean thing. Be ye separate, says the Lord. He said, and then I'll receive you. I don't need you touching the things of the world. Dibbling and dabbling. You know, in the Christendom, and then when I'm away from church and around, away from church people, I'm back in the world. I'm talking like the, 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 the church, and then I'm talking like the world. I'm cussing, I'm doing the same thing. All that. He said, no, I'm gonna receive you when you come into the kingdom of God. Kingdom of heaven is different. Kingdom of God is different. So when you're reading the scriptures, make sure when you see those two, they're not the same. And I like in verse 2, it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So how can we in the church, uh, in a church situation, how can we do things like the world? 
We can't. When God, God said, don't conform. Don't conform. That's what he said. I, be not conformed to this world. I don't want us you conforming to this world, but be ye transformed. He said, if you are conforming to this world, it is not acceptable to my will. It's not acceptable. So we can't do the world in the church. Whatever the world is doing, we have to do it another way. That means we can't fornicate in the church. We can't commit adultery in the church. We can't lie. We can't steal. We can't backbite in the church. We can't hate brothers and sisters in the church. And hide it with a grin. We don't want to be involved with what everybody is using to sin. And then we use it. For example, see, you can't make a CD with five crossover uh, uh, deals on the CD and then one with Jesus in it and say, I'm a Christian. No, no, no. You're trying to get in a Grammy. We're trying to win Christ. See, there's a difference. God said, I don't want you dipping and dabbing. I don't, I don't want none of that. The kingdom of God is what I've set up for you. You've got to step over in it. Look at verse 3. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. You know what he's saying here? Listen, and especially those of you out there, because most of the people in here, they, they haven't understood this, but I, I want to drive this home to you. I don't care how great you think a preacher is, and how popular he is, and I don't care what kind of big following he has, whether it's a preacher, evangelist, prophet, whatever they call themselves, what, what, whatever, life coach, whatever they, they call themselves, whatever. I don't care how great you think they are. Or how great they say they are. There's nothing that they have that you don't have. Not a thing. Not a thing. Not a thing. So, so get that out of your head. Listen, the only thing that we have up here is to be born again. Straight across the board. Born of God's Spirit and filled with God's Spirit. And guess what? Those that are up here, that's what we have to have. And guess what? Everybody out there has to have the exact same thing. So I'm no higher than you. You're not Lord. God, let me tell you, God has never pulled me aside and have never pulled any minister, anybody aside and say, Now, I'm going to give you a little something different because you're a little different from them. They're the little ones. You top dollar, you 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 know you really got it, and I'm gonna really give you that. That's a lie. You know I got more than no no, no not one thing do they have more than you. Get it out your head. Never have I had the Holy Ghost say, "Now listen, I'm a respect a person." So you is with you, I'm gonna deal different. That's not God. God deals with me differently. I'm his man. I'm his woman. 
I can tell you something nobody tell you before. No. No. That's when you hear that, that's the time to run. Mark tried to prove that. He said, Jesus came to serve, not to be served. Now most of them are trying to be want you to serve them. Because I'm bigger than you and better than you. No. Write this down. Letter A, I guess under your number two. I must put my body in the system of the kingdom of God. I must put my body in the system of the kingdom of God. How do that how do you do that? How do you make your body subject to the truth? Well, we found out in earlier teachings, you're going to have to put that thing and give it no, no way of getting out. I'm going to chain you to this truth. You're in prison to it. You have to keep that body, bring it under subjection. Listen, I I guess this is a secret to most people, but you ought to know this. You ought to know it by now. Have you noticed your body's not going to help you? Is not going to help you get into the kingdom of God. It's definitely not going to help you. It, your body don't even want truth. Not your body. It don't want truth. You know why the body don't want truth? Because truth don't feel good. Truth don't taste good. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to show you truth don't taste good. You know, you can have your cholesterol all out of whack. Blood pressure going through the roof. And here comes the holidays. And here come the holidays. And every that spread looks way too nice. How many of us say, you know what? I know where everything is with my body. I'm just going to walk away from that pie. I'm just going to walk away from those chitlins. I'm just going to walk away from that dressing. I'm just going to walk away from that. No, because truth don't feel good. I could, everybody in here and out there, I can promise you, it was something going on that you shouldn't have had, and you had it anyway. And the truth of the matter, the doctor told you, you got to slow down on this. You can't do this. You can't do that. And you're still going to do it away. Because truth, the body say, now don't give me that truth. That don't feel good. Hmm. Just, that's just an example. You have to take that body, make it subject to the truth of the word. In other words, Jesus made the body, his body, subject to God. The Son of Man made his body subject to the Son of God. That's how he was not able to sin because he was God. He was subject to, he was on the inside of him. That's why he said, I only do that that I see my father do. So what do we have to do? We only want to do what we see Jesus did. That's our position. That's called making your body subject to the word of God. You're going to be subject to that. Make your body, make it subject. You're going to be, you're going to be subject to it. Now, you make your body subject to what you understand. You make your body subject to what you committed yourself to. You make your body subject to, I have to understand this truth. 
I tell my body, you're, going, you're subject to it. You can't. I'm telling you, we easily as Christians just let our bodies tell us what to do, get out of things, get in things, do this, do that, just do, you, because you ain't never made your body subject to it. You don't make your, you don't make your body subject to a commitment. You have to say you're subject to that and you're committed to that. Get back in line. You better tell yourself quicker, baby. Something else is coming. And it's coming right to your doorstep. Let me, once you step out and start living outside of that kingdom that God has placed you in, it's at your doorstep. And guess what? You're going to answer because your body's not subject. And here's the kicker. Again, I love that kicker. Your body's not going to help you. Don't depend on that. That's why young people, you don't get yourself in no, no dark place by yourself with a guy or a girl and think your body is going to help you say no. Your body's going to say yes, 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 yes in a hurry. Is never going to say no. It's not going to help you say no. Oh, I can handle it. No, you can't. And your body, who's going to help you? First of all, you're all out of the kingdom of God because you're all in the wrong place where you shouldn't be. And your body's sure not going to help you. And the devil's going to go straight for the juggler of the body. This is good teaching whether you like it or not. Whether you obey it or not. It's still good teaching and it's right. And it's right teaching. Letter B. You have to put your mind in the system. We're talking about how you, how you do this naturally. You have to put your mind in the system of the kingdom of God. I have to make my mind conform to what I've understood and committed to this truth. I'm command you have to you committed to the truth. Tell that mind I'm committed. No, I'm committed. Let me tell you, pressure always show you people's commitment. Always. And I love to see it because I say, There you are. Whenever it shows up, I say, There's the real you. I don't care how long it takes. There it is. Now you have to make your mind conform to that. And the only way, listen, the only way you're going to make your mind conform to it, you have to transform it. It ain't going to just go automatically go there. I have to, if I want my mind to conform to truth, I got to transform my mind from one situation to another, from one place to another, out of this world system into the kingdom of God. Transform it. It won't conform until it's transformed. And the way it's transformed is in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We know that. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5. We'll just write it down because I, 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 I don't want to go. You all know what it says. I'm like, it, it, every high thing that exalts itself against the Word of God. Every imagination. Every high thought, transform it. Everything that exalt, come to your mind that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, you have to look at it and say, wait, mm-mm. 
This is trying to exalt itself. I like what the minister said this morning. I'm like, let me tell you, listen to your parents. Listen to your parents. They know. Now it's different for me. Oh, God. Oh, if I could count how many people thought it was different for them. It ain't never. It, 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 it's never that. I want to say, no, it's not. It's, diff- it's no different. And if it is, it's worse. It's never, no, it's not different. It's just on your, just another dispensation and another time. You better listen to them. Don't let it exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Bring it into captivity. Catch that thing and say, oh no, you're not going to take me there. Because the body will agree with the mind and say, yeah, let's get it. Let's get it, get it. That's what it'll do. Because it's not going to help you. You have to talk to your mind. You have to say, mind, you have been uh, thinking on this thing and it's not good. You have to say it out loud. Look, we've been thinking on the wrong thing. You, I, no, mind, you are thinking things that exalting itself against the Word of God in my life, against the knowledge of God that I've been given to what I've been taught. Listen. That's not a thought that's just going to roam around in, in your head. Guess what? It's going to produce. It's going to roam just until you receive it. This is what you have to understand about thoughts. Thoughts modulate. Once it's there, it begins to modulate. It's not just going to just roam. It's going to start doing something. And when it, when it starts to modulate, then all of a sudden it starts, all of a sudden reasoning comes into place. Because you don't thought on it long enough. And then it continues on until it convinces you that it's all right to do the thing you want to do. See, it's a process, but it goes quick. It don't give you time to, to, that's why you better get this truth down, because it starts moving. It's just, mm. You have to stop that thought, because if you allow it to continue, that thought will eventually win. I'm going to tell you that now. It will win. And then it becomes a pattern in your life, a lifestyle with a pattern, because it's going to win. If you keep letting it there and modulate in your head, it's going to do a pattern and it, you're going to do it. Thoughts are like cancer. It's just like cancer. It just continues. It just continues to pick up stuff, pick up stuff, un- until it uh, metastasizes. The same thing. It just grows and it starts just keep going in your head until, again, until reasoning comes. It's just one step to another until all of a sudden, you, before you know it, you're like, I'm in it. You're doing it. Hmm. The thought is there all the time. You have to, with the thought, make it obey the truth. You have to make it obey. Nope, you're going to obey. Didn't I put you, didn't I put you in prison to this truth? With no possibility of parole? What are you doing in my mind? You're illegal. You got to get back in that cell of truth. You have no business being outside of you. It's not lunchtime. In the cell that I put you in, let me tell you, 
No, live, you need to be in totally solitude by yourself. You're not going out on the yard to play. You don't get those privileges in where I put you. You're going to stay and you're going to obey this truth. This is not right, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let this thing just go in my mind and metastasize all over my mind until I actually do the thing. And then after you do it, oh, I've asked for forgiveness. Oh, that's, to me, you know, you know when people do things that's outside of the Word of God that they've been told not to do, and then they say they, well, I've asked for forgiveness. To me, that's like when a racist say something, and then they just say, oh, I'm sorry I said it. But you, but you really wanted to get it out there. You say, all I can do is just say, I'm sorry, and it'll be okay. You know, because all these different things, I'll just say it, and then at least they know what I'm saying. And they'll be like, well, oh, I, I'm sorry that I said that. I didn't mean it that way. Yeah, you mean it just like that. Well, it's the same thing with that. Same thing. You were already told not to do it. And you did it anyway. You weren't even trying to do it. You didn't even want to hear it. Matter of fact, you didn't even want to hear from nobody talking about it. You see them come up on your phone, it's like, nope, not talking to you because I know you're coming with truth. Ring, ring, ring. You know, you trying to call your children, mm-mm. But let me tell you, when they need something, they ask on the first ring. I mean, it'll hardly ring. You'll be like, did the phone even ring? Yeah, well, well, hi. That means your tail needs something. But when you busy doing all kinds, you can't, you ringing the phone. Where are they? They ain't, what, where, what, what? They haven't called. Yeah, you ain't answering the phone. It's probably bondage. Because all of a sudden, oh, I didn't even see that. You saw it. Now you done added lying to it. See, it done metastasized that quick. Spread it over. Just start lying about it. You know these old cell phones, you can say anything's wrong with them anytime. And be like, you know, it went down. Oh, no, you got that iPhone. You, it's, it was fine. How come it's always something wrong with it when I'm trying to get in touch with you about something and you know you're in trouble? But it's always on point when everything's right. Like parents are crazy. You know, we parents need to start doing that. Let them ring our phone because they are always ringing our phone. And, you know, we just, we just ask because, see, we ain't trying to be in no bondage. Hey, you know, we always there. I'm like, we need to look at it and say, mm, nope, nope. Figure it out. God is with you. Bring your mind to a place where it needs to be. I know. They like, oh, I knew she was going to get me. Oh, don't, oh, Lord, I need to. I wish I was there so I could distract them so they don't have to hear that. Remember, this is a stream. They can go back and hear it again. Amen. Let us see. You have to put your spirit in the kingdom of God. You must learn. Listen. You must learn to commend your body and your spirit. Make it subject to, under, uh, to the understood and committed truth. You, I'll say it again. You have to commend your body. Commend your body and your spirit, subject, make it subject to the understood, committed truth. You make, you take your mind, you make it conform to the understood and committed truth. And then commend your spirit to the truth. What do I mean by commend your spirit? The same thing Jesus did when he was hanging on the cross, remember? He said, Father, unto your hands I commend my spirit. 
You know what we have to do as believers? We have to get on our knees. We need to lift our hands. And we need to say, Lord, I commend my spirit into your hands. I commend my spirit into your hands. Give God a full and legal right to take his word and let it permeate every faction of your life. Everyone. Say, Father, I give you, I give you legal right. See, God is not going to break. He's not going to do anything against your will. You got to make it his legal right to do it. Yeah, he's not just going to come in and, boy, boy, that would be the enemy. God's not going to do that. God said, now you have to, you have to, you have to make it where I'm able to come in and help you in the different. If you don't ask for no help, God will sit there and give you no help. Father, I give you legal right to come in. Because this thing, Father, every part of me, I commend my spirit into your trust. Into your trust, Lord. I want nothing in this inner man that will corrupt my body and my mind. I commend my spirit to you. I commend it. That's what you do in the natural position. I commend it to you, Lord. This body and this soul is hard to deal with. God knows it. Jesus knows it. It is hard to deal with. That's why I commend your spirit to him. And say, God, I commend my spirit. This body is acting up. This mind want to have all kind of thoughts. I commend my spirit to you. Into your hands, Lord. Into your trust. And so here, what are we in Romans chapter 12? Look what it says. Uh, were we in Romans chapter 12, verse 4? 12, verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. We're still talking about how we can walk worthy of the vocation in which we're called, and all these different ways that we have to do it. But you have to handle them Right? Just how he's telling you to do it. How do I handle this truth? You handle it with these gifts. And it tells you. Look at verse, um, let's see, uh, 12 verse 4. Whereas we have many members in one body, and all members have uh, not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. God is trying to show us how to handle it. He's saying, look, everybody, all of you, you all have gifts. And you're all, he said, all of you, everyone is members one of another. we got to understand that. You are one. you got to take that serious. That's why you just can't do anything you want. We are members one of another. And I like, look, look at verse 9. Let love, let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another and with brotherly love and honoring, preferring one another. Now see, I, I love that. Look at verse, look at verse 11. Not slothful in business, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope. 
patience and tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessities of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which per- persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them do re- do that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind, one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it is possible as much as lies in you, live peaceable with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. You don't have to do anything. Therefore, if thine enemy is hungry, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in, in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not come, overcome, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. God is trying to show us how to handle truth in the trinity of our person and it's just a natural it should become a natural thing for us to do handling it in the trinity of our person now last but not least how to handle the truth financially hold on to those wallets how to handle truth financially but pastor the holidays are coming up and we were going shopping how to handle finances let me give you the answer quickly Go over to Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, and let me give you the answer. Here's the answer. Handle your finances in a way that it pleases God and not man. Handle your finances in a way that it pleases God and not man. Handling your finances, you will always know how to do it because I'm going to give you simple Simple things, something you might already know, but I'm going to give them to you. The first thing that you have to do to handling your finances or handling the truth financially, the first thing you have to do is organize your finances. Organize your finances. When something is organized, I found out how simple life really does become. In my move, whew, organization, it makes it very simple. And when, it, when things are not organized, it makes it very difficult. But in your finances, you must organize it. It becomes very, it, it, it's easy. It become, makes everything easy. It becomes easy to understand. Listen. What you do under organization, you make a budget based on your income. Now, most people, we've taught this before, but most people will not do it no matter what. You make, you, you make a budget based on your income, not based on your gross salary, not based on your part-time job, based on your income. You have, you have to make a budget. You know what's a good idea when I was writing this? You know what's a good idea for all of us to do? A lot of businesses do it. But we you know what? We need to make a P&L statement. 
for ourselves. A profit and loss statement just for ourselves. Do a balance sheet. You know, put these on my assets. You know, this is my liabilities. And, and, you know, based on what you have. And then make a budget. And nobody I know in this ministry, and I'm believing those that are listening, whether streaming now or streaming later, nobody's rich enough not to do this. Oh, I got it. I, 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 I got it. No. Listen. We have to organize your finances based on a budget. Then after you do that and you put all your assets down, you put all your liabilities down, you put your houses, your cars, and what you owe, what you don't owe, what you still have to pay on, you have all that. Then you take it and you put it in the kingdom of God. Mm. You have to put your finance under God's word. And the word that you're going to put your finances under now that you got the budget, because what's left after all your assets and all of your liabilities, what you have left is the budget. Now I must put it up under the word of God. So now what do I put it up under? Sow and reap. I have to. It works. After you make the budget, you see what you have, you see your assets, you see your liabilities, you see your bottom line. You have to see it, not think it in your head. Not think it in your head. You've organized all of this. This is what I own, this is what I owe. This is what I own, this is what I owe. This is what I got coming in. Then you say, Father, this is all I have. This is what I have now. This is, you show it to him. You know, make it a whole show. And then you say, I dedicate it to you. I dedicate it to you. And you know what the Father will say. Thank you. Finally, you can get your, you can get your house in order. You need to tell God, Father, all that I have belongs to you. All that I have. And from this point on, everything that I have will be used for kingdom benefits. Now, hold on, hold on. Somebody's about to turn off the TV. See, I knew it was just talking about. Because kingdom benefits don't mean the church. See, I know. You haven't been taught. And you think, oh, I knew it was going to get to that. It was talking about, you know, you got to take all the rest of my money and give it to the church. That's not what I said. Because God wouldn't have you do that. Kingdom benefits. Hmm. See, you're taking it out of the system of this world. So what does that mean to be used? Father, I want all of this to be used for kingdom benefit. That means that everything that I have now, I'm going to put in the system of the kingdom of God and take it out of the kingdom of this world. Because I'm telling you, a lot of God's money is going on interest. The system of this world is just, you just chunking it in on the interest. Hmm. 
It's just just blowing it on anything. But then you see you could do all of that, but you still have to be a good steward. The stewardship has to be in place. You have to be a steward over. Remember, God gave Adam what God gave God uh, Adam in the Garden of Eden. He told him to dress it and keep it. Let me translate that for us in in our day, in our time, and in our dispensation. He's telling us now to obtain it and maintain it. Obtain it and maintain it. Once you obtain it, you have to maintain it. Now, this is going to be good for you right here. And listen up, and especially you young people that's making big purchases and you want to do something because you want to say, I bought a house, I bought a car, whatever. you did. I bought some land or I bought, you know, you want to say, listen to me closely. Just because you can buy it does not mean that you can afford it. Just because you can buy it doesn't mean you can afford it. See, most people think, well, I can purchase that. Yeah, but can you afford it? Just because you can buy it does not mean you can afford it. Listen, just because you can buy it, listen, and maintain it. You can buy it and you can maintain it. Does not mean you can afford it. You can maintain it. You're not going to lose it. But you cannot afford it. Because you have to understand that everything you do, everything that you do, listen to me. Ooh, young people, listen to me. Old too. Listen to me. Everything you do is like throwing a pebble on water. It's a ripple effect. It's a ripple effect. Whether you see it or know it or not, it's a ripple effect. And it's going to have a ripple effect on the next generation. Oh, see, now that's when you start being real careful. You're jumping out doing things, it's going to have a ripple effect. When you're off the planet, it's going to still be, it's going to ripple on down. So you have to be very cautious. Just because you can afford it. I mean, just because you can buy it, doesn't mean that you can afford it. Some things I can't afford, some things I can't afford. But listen to me. Some things I can't afford for the simple fact, not money-wise, I can't afford based on what God has called me to do. See, we don't even look at it like that. We don't even look at it like that. We just do because I can afford it. I can't do it because of what God has called me to do. And you know, some people... They can't even take their calling serious. They can't even do what they need to do for God. Oh, they play the religious game until until they get a new job or or they get a job out of town or they make more money or they do something like that. And let me tell you, and then what they do is they go out and buy things they can't afford and they got to have these jobs to keep the stuff they bought and you can't even do the will of God. Because I got to be bougie. I wonder how that's going to work out in heaven. You can't even you can't do what God has called you to do. Bought too much, got too much out there, and now you have to maintain it. So I need a better job. I need more money. 
Or some, you know, young people, it ain't nothing but about the money. They ain't even got that many obligations, but they, they just, you know, I just, the more money I make, it makes me somebody. But I have no time for God. And oh, I don't want to hear those little excuses about why you can't do the will of God. All oh, that's just a lie. All of it. Let me tell you, a commitment says no matter what. Just say I'm not committed and I'm good. Because all that other stuff I ain't hearing. You're just simply not committed. Because a true commitment says, no matter what. Forgot the definition? That's because you're not listening. And truth hurts. But you can't, but they can't do what God wants them to do. Because they're heavy laden. Don't get yourself heavy laden that you can't do what God wants you to do. It ain't never that important. I thank God for the ministers and the deacons here, and they all have, you know, good jobs and stuff like that. But they never let their jobs get in the way of, of the things of God. And if it does, I can tell they're irritated by it. Like, I need to get through with that. I, you know, I, I look at the, the minister. I'm gl- I'll be so glad when they're able to retire. They work hard. I was telling uh, Sister Martin every day they had went on their deal. And I said, that's good. I said, Brother Martin works hard. I say, you know, he works hard every day. You know, they um, they had some big deal over there, and he had to go in and doing the, I mean, just constantly doing stuff. And I'm sure Minister Hayson has, you, I mean, when they have problems, they have that. That's that's a lot of work, and you have a family. I say, he works hard. He needed to relax. I said, that was good. You you, you need to. I said, Father, I'll be, I, I mean, there, right now, anything that I ask, anything that I have no no inkling. They're ready any time that I need anything. All of my deacons, they're just on point for any and everything. they just, they just men of God. But I'm like, Father, I thank you that they are getting close to retirement where they can just relax. They can eat. They're going to even do more for you. And they do a lot now. But they'll even do more. And never once, never once have I ever heard them say anything about, well, I can't because of my job. I can't because, you know, I, I'm going to get a better job. Well, we, I got, we got to leave the church. I got a job across the country, and it paid more. I had an option, but I chose that because, you know, my family, God expect never over all the years, they stay committed to what God has called them to do. That's why they're blessed. And I, it tickles me when people try to, try to live that way and ain't paid no dues. And all of a sudden, you're going to live like them. That It won't happen. you got to pay dues. I don't care how much people help you. You're going to have to pay dues to get there. You're going to have... Yeah, and what is the dues? I'm not talking about have the kind of job they have or make the kind of money they have. I'm talking about having the kind of commitment they have. Period. You ain't even got that. You ain't even got... I have been waiting for years. Over the 30-something years we've been in ministry, I have been waiting for one person... One person to come up and beat beat the Martins with having a baby and staying at home, and it tickles me how much they they trust in the doctors. The doctor said this. The doctor said now they don't they ain't hearing nothing. The doctor said they're giving the baby Tylenol to put them to sleep and everything else. But at first I gotta stay home because of that. Then Martin was trading up time. Brother Martin to come, Sister Martin to come. I don't know if Sister Martin wanted to or not, but Brother Martin was like, oh yeah, you getting on up there? I do. They did the, I, I've been waiting all these years to see one person do that. 
No, you'd be like, where are they? It, uh, it's three months. I haven't seen them. The baby. Oh, God. Them baby. Have you ever, really, have you all ever seen a, a newborn baby, how rough they handle them nurses? Them nurses be flipping them and squash-sucking their nose. And we get them home like, I can't, I can't. Uh, and they flip them babies and suck their nose and open their mouth and put the thing down and flip them over. And they do all kind of rough stuff, baby. Now they so tender. No, we can't leave them. They need to stay at home because this, that, and other. Then they get a little bigger where they were some. When church going to start back? They need to be in children's church. Yeah, well, they could have been that a long time ago. But what I'm trying to say is commitment no matter what. I'm still waiting for somebody to match that. And so that's been how old is Raya? 20? So that's been 20 years I've been waiting for somebody to show me that. That they could, that them and their spouse can say, no, we still ain't missing. We, we going. We, we going. I ain't trying to miss what God has shown us. You know what? Y'all have made me close what I, the last things I was saying. Quit it. Yeah. How did y'all get me off on that? You must learn in your finances to put it under the authority of God's word. Make that, make, put that down. Put your finances under the authority of God's word. So whatever God has asked you to do, Whatever it is, you put that, that's to his authority. So you can't come in and out of that, do it when you want to. And well, I ain't doing it no more. Well, I started, but I stopped. No, God, you have to put your finances under the authority of God's word. You must make sure when you give, listen, you give because you give out of your unconditional love of God, not for a person. Listen. Those of you that do pastor's compensation, listen, listen. Don't do it out of nothing other than your love for unconditional love for God. For God. I'm a mere person. But I'll do it for the love and because I'm under the authority of God's word. Because I know, I, I know what my pastor needs. That's just an authority because God said, well, I ain't even got to tell you the scripture. You need to go find the scripture if you know, if you understand what those in authority need. But the main thing is that I don't do it for no other reason but out of my unconditional love for God. No other reason. Because if so, it, it'll, it'll put you in bondage. And listen, don't worry about anything else because God is always looking at your heart towards the system of kingdom of God. He's always looking at the heart. He said, let me see how your heart is that you gave. Did you gave that so begrudgingly? That, I did not accept that. That was, that, that was not out of an unconditional just love for me. And then we must learn to obey God. If you give from, listen, if you learn to give from the heart secretly, I love to do that. I love to give from the heart secretly. Secretly. Do it in a secret way. Because when you do that, God will reward you openly. That's what it says in Matthew 6, verses 1 through 4. Write it down. He said, do it in secret. And then, most of all, Everything that we've taught in these last lessons, four lessons, you have to agree with it. You've got to agree with the Word of God.
You ain't got to agree with me. You got to agree with God. And your peace is going to come through Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, your peace, listen, I don't care what you do, your peace ain't never going to come by money. Never. You'll see it'll never come by money. Your peace is through Jesus Christ. And when you put that up in the kingdom of God and you go and put it under the authority of the word of God and you do all of those things, everything is going to, everything is going to flow. You will always know when you've heard truth. You'll know how to handle it. You'll know the difference between, you'll be able to discern. You'll know that the Holy Spirit is leading you to truth. You'll know when it's truth. You'll know when he's telling you, yes, it's truth, whether you like it or not. You'll know those things. So meditate on these teachings. Don't just throw them around. Don't just write notes and, and, and then just go away and just leave them like nothing. No, make them yours. Begin to own it. Did you hear me? Own it. You can't, let me tell you, I have found out in the Word of God, that it's not till I own it that I can really teach it. It's not until I own it. I got to own it and make it mine. Then I can teach it. And then I can teach it with conviction. And then I can know. When I, when I can read it and I can meditate on it and I can adjust things in my life. And then I can teach it with conviction. Because I've been there, done that. So own it. Own the truths that you have learned in these past four weeks. And get ready for our turn on Sunday. Because we be ready for another truth. To stack on top of that one. Because remember, we're wall builders. We're stacking it up. See, we, we're getting all of our materials ready. Because then we're going to have to lay it down and start stacking it up. We got plenty of time to get it all, all sorted out. All the great material. See, we're not operating with any cheap materials. We're operating with the real deal. Something that's gonna last. We're building something that's gonna last forever. It's gonna have, see, the martyr haven't came yet. It's all about getting all the right materials in place for the build. Don't come off the wall. Because guess what? Somebody's gonna fill your space on the wall. And then guess what? You're going to come back looking up. Where's my space? It's taken. Because we're wall builders. And every information and every teaching that we get, we're stacking all the materials up. And then when it's time to build, oh, what we are going to see. It's going to stand in amazement. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.